0: Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Bridge Magazine, Chalkbeat, and Outlier Media partnered to find out how often kids in Detroit change schools and why they make Frequent moves. Parents who responded to a survey during the investigative work gave the reasons for moving their kids around quote, academic struggles, issues with school discipline, and personal upheavals that forced them to find a new home. But overwhelmingly, Detroit parents said they moved their children to new schools because they wanted better for their child a safer school, a cleaner school, the kind of school where their children could thrive. But imagine. The chaos that attends this moving. Imagine the chaos for teachers who start the year with a certain set of kids in their class and end the year maybe with a third different of the kids that are in their classroom. Imagine the chaos for children and the learning that they're supposed to endure in school. How badly is it disrupted by this constant moving? Joining us now to talk more about the mobility issue and the effect it has on public education in Detroit are the authors of this article. Chastity Pratt Dossie is a reporter for Bridge Magazine. Chastity, welcome back to Detroit today.
1: Hello, Detroit.
0: Always good to see you here. Also with us is Erin Einhorn. She is a writer, uh, editor for Chalkbeat Detroit. Erin, welcome to Detroit today.
1: Thanks for having
0: us. Yeah. So uh, let's start with uh, what what put you guys on to this issue. How did you get interested in the idea of mobility as a driver of success or failure in the public schools?
2: Uh, well, I, I I've been covering schools in Detroit for for a few years, not not nearly as long as, as Chastity or you, Stephen. But uh, the you know when I first first started talking to to educators and to parents in Detroit, I kept hearing kind of the same story. I'd hear from educators this idea of you know, you know the biggest challenge they were having or one of the biggest challenges they were having was that students don't stay. They'll, they'll be in the class for a while. You're making a connection. You're making some progress. And then that child will leave. And then I'd hear it from parents, too. I'd talk to parents and I'd say, well, what school says your child is attended and and they'll give me this really long list six schools seven schools eight schools you know you'll talk to parents they'll say oh between my kids they've been to 30 some schools and you say whoa what
1: happened Mm -hmm. so the thing about that though is you know i've been covering school since 01 here and this has slowly become the case right and so you know those of us who kind of you know saw this happening this this evolving it it just became part of the culture right so when erin comes to town and she says wow what's going on and everybody's like yeah that's how things are She's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is not how it's supposed <laughs> to be. And so it was really good to have someone with fresh eyes looking at the landscape here and saying, I think this is a thing. And we're like, yeah, it's a thing. It's just our thing. And so then, and and then so she's like, let's let's like drill down into it. And so that that was really the value. She she saw something that has been happening sure. as a thing, and you know, we we were able to to really magnify it from there.
0: Yeah, and and the reporting focuses on. One school and one classroom talk about uh, talk about that school, talk about that classroom and what you guys found
1: so, um the the, the, the the real value, I think, in having Aaron say, look, let's do this story and having me like the old head around. It was, it was like, <laughs> You're like, okay, I know where to find that. <laughs> hey, let me tell you, I know where some kids can be. But no, um, the, the school district was really um, accommodating in saying that we could find it. So the, the, the question that we have to really deal with right Erin, was, OK, which kind of class is really going to illustrate what we think is the case? And from my point of view, I was always saying, look, the story should be about the fact that there's no such thing as a neighborhood school anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is, you know, because of school choice. Without choice, you don't have this situation. But when Erin first started going to the school, she's like, but the kids are saying they're, they're doing this because they're moving. <laughs> and I'm like, no, this is school choice. Story, school story. So we really had to, like, find a class, settle in with them and, you know, hear their stories and then see what the data found. But these kids, they're a trip. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, we, we had been hearing, you know, you, you know, sort of when you start out, uh, you know, uh, reporting a story, you'll start out with the data, you'll start out with the research. And we found a lot of research that described the impact of the problem, mm-hmm. right? So there's been a lot of research on on the fact that as children change schools, the more frequently they change schools, the lower their test scores, the the more behavioral problems, the more things that that come from that. And there was also really clear research that this affects not just the kids who move a lot, but their classmates. So even a child who, who is fairly stable and staying in the same school is going to be negatively affected by the fact that their classmates are coming and going. So we, we knew that there was a lot of you know, consequence from this. Uh, we had some research, we were working with a, a couple of professors from Wayne State University who had some student level data in Detroit that documented you know one in three elementary school students change schools every year. So we knew the extent, but. Research couldn't tell us why, why. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and to get it,
2: why we were like, okay, let's just ask people, you right. know, let's go to one class, you know, 31 kids in the class and find out 31 reasons
1: why kids change schools. And, and the thing Stephen, was that we knew anecdotally, right. That there are foreclosures in Detroit. There's, you know, high poverty. So people are, um, mobile as far as moving their family a lot. And we also knew that Detroit is the second, now third, largest charter district in the nation. So kids are bouncing between charters and bouncing between district schools. We knew that anecdotally. And we knew there's
2: been a lot of school closings, other reasons that kids have been disrupted.
1: But we, there's no research and no body of work to really drill down as to, hey, parent, Why are you doing this? And so this was an opportunity to talk to the parents and the kids to to get concrete information.
0: So I want to read a little bit uh, from from the story to give listeners uh, a sense of how dramatic the story that you uncovered in this one classroom in one school was uh, you say the 31 eighth graders in bethune's 8b homeroom had collectively attended a total of 128 schools an average of more than four schools each five of them said they'd cycled through seven or more schools On their path to the eighth grade just three had attended the k-8 school since kindergarten those numbers are just
1: mind-blowing and when we're going through it at the last minute make sure we everything is correct i'm going through every student 11 of those kids showed up during the eighth grade Right. 11 showed up. So 11 of them were new to the school just in eighth grade, knowing that by ninth grade they were going to be going to yet another school.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. This is Detroit Today I'm one 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guests are Chastity Pratt Dossie, a reporter at Bridge Magazine. Also with us is Aaron Einhorn, an editor at Chalkbeat Detroit. We're talking uh, about their report this week on mobility in Detroit schools, the idea of that kids may start school in one school at the beginning of the school year and may move not just one time but sometimes many times before the end of the school year. This is one of the drivers of of, uh, of uh, serious issues in the school district with continuity and uh, academic success. It is disruptive, of course, for teachers and for parents and, of course, for the children themselves. If you want to join the conversation, uh, give us a call. Tell us, have you have ever had to move your kids around schools? Uh, are you one of the families that, uh, that is caught in this sort of cycle of change uh, during the school year here in the city? How did those changes go? How were your kids affected by the move? Uh, also tell us if you're in Detroit or in other school districts, whether this is an issue that you see around you uh, in your school. Are there families that, that seem uh, unable to stick with one choice, one educational choice for any reasonable amount of time? As always, the number on the phone is 313-577-1019. That's 313 577 1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, uh, and we will work you into the conversation. Uh, let's talk about some of the reasons uh, that, that parents uh, give for, uh, for moving kids. Obviously, poverty, Chesty, we, we, we were talking about how uh, that forces some families to have to move, uh, and then they got to move their kids in, in school as well. But some of this is just about choice, too. Uh, and, and I want you to talk some about how parents see choice in Detroit and how they exercise choice in Detroit. Because I, I know from the story and I also from uh, from having lived here for a long time that, that there's a dynamic there that I think is particular to Detroit and particular to the story of choice in, in the city.
1: So um, Aaron got outlier Involved outlier media mm-hmm. um, to really poll parents, what, what 100 parents to give reasons, and there's there's data and statistics there. But from the very beginning, we knew because of our history of choice that parents are bouncing around between district charters and suburban schools, and, and the majority of the ones who who move. Um, don't do so because they move addresses. So Erin can talk about the outlier poll. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I mean, sort of, I mean, the, the, the poll that we did with Outlier Media, which is, a, a they use a text messaging platform called GroundSource to, to, you know, reach people who might not otherwise be reachable through traditional media. Uh, but sort of before we got there, I mean, we also had this data from um, two two professors at Wayne State University Sarah Lonoff and Ben Pulkaczinski who looked at they looked at student level data in you know over over a couple of years 2014 2015 and they found that of the children who changed schools they went from one school to another over the course of a year only 40% of them had moved to a different zip code. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people hear about this issue and they say, well, yeah, you know, poverty, unstable housing, you know, lower income families are less likely to own their house. So that's very destabilizing. And, you know, you lose your house or, you know, it gets foreclosed upon. You've got to move. You know, all kinds of things can happen in people's lives. And you have... You know, personal things. You go from mom's house to dad's house to grandma's house, something like that. You're not near your old school. So that's going to happen sort of regardless of what educational policy is in Michigan. But that ends up only being 40 percent. Then you have this other 60 percent, which is families saying, which is families leaving for a reason other than they had to, Mm -hmm. meaning they wanted to, Mm -hmm. they chose to. And, you know, we did this survey of parents and, and overwhelmingly the parents we talked to who didn't have some kind of disruption, their reasons were choice. I was in it. So it's not just that we have really high school choice in you know policies that are very, very supportive of school choice in Michigan. We also in Detroit have very, very low quality. A lot of schools are struggling. They don't have the resources they are. And you talk to parents, you say, why did you leave that school? And they'll say, my child didn't have a certified math teacher all year. Right. Or they'll say my child was being bullied or that school wasn't safe. So it wasn't, some of it was academic, some of it was environmental things like, you know, crime and safety and conditions in the school. I didn't like my child that we had, you know, that school was, you know, wasn't, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't nice. And I wanted something better for more, for my child. Yeah. And we've been told in Michigan, parents have been trained that, Good parents are choosy parents. Good parents, I'm not going to tolerate. Yeah, I'm going to leave.
1: I'm going to leave. But well, yeah. it's a cultural yeah. shift. You know, when we were in school, it was, I don't like what's happening at my school. I'm going to demand change. I'm going to change it, right? But school choice and school choice supporters, Betsy DeVos and all those folks who brought in a free market, very liberal free market mm-hmm. um, a choice system here in in Michigan, which is really concentrated in Detroit said, you know, you don't have to take this. You have the options. There are so many options. And there, if you 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 remember, Stephen, there was, you know, Excellent Schools Detroit and all these other programmatic changes that said, look, we're going to teach parents how, how to, to shop around, yes. how to choose. We're going to encourage you to leave that bad school and go to a different school. But the issue, like Aaron said, is that there are, you know, countless choices But they're not good choices. They're not high quality. Charter schools, Detroit traditional public schools, and yes, those entering suburb schools all have the same issues of of low resources, low quality. We can have this argument. Please do call in charter school supporters and tell me that (laughs) charter schools are better. And I'll tell you, yes, again, those schools are a D minus compared to to, to Detroit public schools F plus. So there's a lot of choice. And what parents are doing is they're saying, I don't like this school. I'm moving to another school, but the school they move to is qualitatively not significantly better. Yeah. And what they're doing and not understanding is that every time you move your kid, you are impacting whether or not they're going to do. You're, you're basically ensuring that they're going to have some academic disruption.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. No surprise here. We've got a lot of folks who want to talk about this issue. Let's start with Derek in Detroit. Derek, welcome to Detroit Today.
3: Hey, good morning. How you guys doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, I moved my kid uh, in the middle school years from fifth grade to eighth grade four times. Wow. And the reason what the reason i moved her is basically i felt that one of the schools the children were very disruptive and my kid had to fight and or get involved in fights he did not fight and uh, it didn't seem like the principal can get a handle on that. And it seemed like the parents didn't care either. So I moved her, after, after the sixth grade, I moved her to the seventh grade to a school. And then I started listening to, looking at excellent schools Detroit, and I started looking at the grades and comparing them. I felt she wasn't getting a very good education there. Hmm. And so in her eighth grade, she was in eighth grade school one year, which she didn't like it very much, but I felt it was a little better. Hmm. But the problem that I've, I've had, she's, she's, she's a, high school student now at Renaissance High School. Okay. The problem was I felt that none of the schools were really teaching them vocabulary. You know, the English lessons seemed to be so so simple and not, you know, they're not learning any vocabulary, so I kind of I kind of homeschooler myself. We go through vocabulary every day.
0: Wow. Wow, you
3: know, oh. so her uh, vocabulary is getting great. So that is the reason that I changed all those different times.
0: Uh, so, Derek, uh, let me ask you a couple, a couple questions. One, uh, what were her elementary school years like? Did you did you keep her in one place?
3: Uh, she stayed in one elementary to the fourth grade. Okay, I always felt that it was not great but I couldn't afford to move her. What I did in the fifth grade, I moved her to a private school, but I couldn't afford to keep her there. After okay. the she, she learned a lot in the private school. They were really teaching the vocabulary. And it opened my eyes, too, that, hey, my kids' vocabulary grew. So mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to take it from here also. Mm-hmm. You know? So mm-hmm. it, without the school, i do it also. At first, she didn't like it. She resisted, but she doesn't resist anymore.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I also wonder if, uh, looking back on her middle school years, if you regret having moved her as much as you did, if you think that, that moving her, that the disruption of moving uh, maybe worked as sort of a countervailing influence to the, the quality seeking you were doing, you were looking for something better, but the fact that you were moving her also uh, disrupted, uh, you know, the continuity that she
3: might have needed. I feel that she, she did not like moving all the time. But I explained to her why I felt I had to move her, mm-hmm. and she begrudgingly accepted it. She didn't like it. Now she tells me that, you know, this is the first time I've been in a school for three years. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, she, she's glad that, I, that she, I did move her for the reasons that I said, but she didn't like it. And it, it, it disrupted her friendships and and things like that you know she she was always involved in the social things beyond school so i think that helped she yeah. was in, on swim teams and basketball teams and those type
1: of things but did you find the quality you we're looking for although with all those moves and did she have any academic impact
3: i'm sorry did she have
1: any academic did what, did, did, did her grades suffer did her academics no um, her grades suffer? never
3: suffered her grades her grades stayed at a at, at a b plus level all the time and sometimes i didn't trust those b pluses but she stayed at a. <laughs> there's that <laughs> i didn't trust them and you know i still kind of don't trust them but you know her grades stay at a 3.7 or above all the time oh, very did. good yeah.
0: mm-hmm. Derek. I, I really appreciate your calling and sharing uh, your story with us uh, here that i mean it's a it's a um, it's a story i hear a lot especially uh, at the middle school level, right, and in the, in the city, uh, the middle school for some reason seems way more chaotic. There are more choices, I think, and the quality uh, is 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 really low. Uh, and, but for see, a lot here, of those.
1: here, Stephen, here's the the question and the concern. This is a cultural shift that we've seen over the last generation here in Detroit mm-hmm. for parents again to say, "I'm just gonna up and leave," rather than demand that my school get any better, right? You know, and uh, the 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 policy changes, the governance changes, the structural changes have all pushed parents in this direction, saying that you can't leave your kids in that bad school. Well, guess what? Most of them are bad. Right. So, <laughs>
0: so where are you gonna go? Right? Where are you gonna
1: go from right. one bad school to a not so bad school? What? And um, that that cultural shift is something that we, as you know, Detroiters, educators, researchers, need to first off accept and address. Is this the direction that's going to improve quality? Yeah.
2: Well, and and really, quality is the issue, right? If there is a fabulous, really terrific school in your neighborhood, you're gonna go, you're gonna go there to it. and, and stay. stay. School choice is is something you need when the school in your neighborhood isn't acceptable, right? Right. So if you, so the question is, how do we? get to the place where people don't have to choose, right? Where it's obvious, I live in this neighborhood and down the street from me is this wonderful little school. That's where I'm going to send my kid, right? That's what we need to aspire to as a community, as a city, as a state. The question is, how do we get from where we are now
1: to there? Right. Quality, but also the mindset that I'm going to demand and make sure and that the quality, that quality is in my school, rather than just up and jet and yeah, leave.
0: Yeah. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about education mobility in Detroit. Uh, stick with us. Stick with us on the phones. Tom in Northwest Detroit. Mike in Detroit. Matt in Detroit. Donna in Clinton Township. We will get to all of you next. Also, remember, if you have to miss any of today's show, you don't have to miss out on the conversation. Just go to iTunes or wherever download podcast download and subscribe to Detroit today take us with you and listen when you are ready we'll be right back with more Detroit today listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. My guests are Chastity Pratt-Dossie, a reporter with Bridge Magazine, and Aaron Einhorn, an editor with Chalkbeat Detroit. We are talking about their story this week about mobility in public schools in Detroit, the idea that kids start the school year in one place but may end the school year in a different place or maybe visit a number of different places during the year and end up someplace else. Uh, the disruption this causes of course in the school for the school staff for parents for children and their learning uh, is one of the real issues in public education and charter school education and uh, in independent school education here in the city of Detroit. Uh, if you want to join the conversation give us a call 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones you can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will work you into the conversation. Let's go to Donna in uh, Clinton Township. Donna, welcome to Detroit Today.
1: Thank you.
4: Uh-huh. Uh, my comment
1: is I, I used to help a friend in the Taylor School District, and she always had multiple students um, transfer to other schools because their parents would find an apartment that would offer one month free rent. Hmm. Once that month was up, they would have to move because they didn't have the rent money for the second month and further. And also the records wouldn't catch up with the kids. So the teacher was at a disadvantage. She didn't know what the kids were capable of. And also a lot of the kids moved in with their grandparents.
0: Right, right. Uh, Donna, thanks very much for the call. Uh, In the comments, this idea of the records catching up with the the children is one of the things that adds to the disruption for teachers, uh, I would think, in in, in these schools. You get a kid mid-year who was someplace else at the beginning of the year, and you don't really have great information about where that kid is in terms of their learning.
2: I mean, it's actually pretty extraordinary here in 2018. You would think, I mean, you know, you go to the doctor, they can see your whole medical history. Mm -hmm. You know, if you go to the school, I mean, the state education department is currently developing a centralized data system so that you could, if a a child stays in the state of Michigan, the child's new school will be able to pull up their records. Mm -hmm. But that's not for a few years. And here we are. You know, 25 years after they created these school choice policies that encourage school swapping, we are just now developing that system. So at the moment, you want to see a child's transcripts, their test scores you know, their behavioral records, anything from their prior school, you have to call the other school, you have to ask for the records and they, maybe they fax it, you know, maybe they send it in the mail, maybe it comes, maybe it doesn't. And there's, you know, these overwhelmed clerical staff at schools that are, that are, that are stuck with this. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not only the new school. We also, one of the stories in our series was about a pair of educators at Bethune, the school we focused on, whose job it is when a child leaves and they have a they have you know one to two kids leave that school every week of the year and the vast majority of them 95 percent don't let the school know that they're leaving they just stop coming to school right and they have to decide they have to determine is that child safe and they call the parents phone number and maybe the cell phone's disconnected they go out to the house they talk to neighbors did you see them move? they have to make sure that that child is actually safe and they don't need to call you know, Child Protective Services.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, and when the records don't catch up to the kids, the teachers are at a disadvantage. Uh, we, uh, at Bethune, there was uh, an eighth grader who showed up May 21st. Wow. And is looking to go to ninth grade. Right. And so the teachers are like, uh, who is this child? Can she read and write? Mm-hmm. Am I supposed to pass her to the ninth grade? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen her records. I can't I know nothing about this child and this child's, um, you know, aptitude and uh, high school readiness. So uh, the records in centralized record system is really key especially with uh, you know children who move around so much what what
0: was the reason that child showed up on may 21st do you remember
1: this was a reason where her family moved her family moved um and i don't think that was i think that was a
2: school quality she didn't like the teachers at the other school
1: Hmm. we'll have
2: to we'll have to go back and check the records on
1: that (laughs) i mean that's so late in the no she moved from law law was on the east side they moved yeah, from okay. law from the east side. So wow. they, their family moved. But, I mean, you know, it happens. And, and it puts the the receiving teachers in a pickle.
0: In a really, really awful uh, situation. Uh, again, Donna, thanks very much for the call and the comments. Let's go to Matt in Detroit. Matt, welcome to Detroit Today.
4: Ooh. Hey, Stephen. Hey. Glad, uh, glad to be here. Thanks for doing the show and thanks for this conversation. This is super important. Sure. Um, so... As y'all are talking, I hear a lot of conversation around um, sort of agency in terms of parents making choices to move um, students from school to school Mm -hmm. and the implications for that. And so I work as an outside provider and I've worked in a lot of different schools. And I was shocked um, last week when I saw the news come out that Delta Prep um, a charter school charter high school over at mlk in the lodge uh decide to close in the middle hmm. of the school year wow. so i'm curious about what are the implications of you know right now we're having this conversation that assumes that you know even if there are a lot of problems even if there are a lot of issues that the schools are sort of a staple factor in terms of even being open for the whole school year hmm. right. but what are the input impl- what are the implications when you know, the board of a parent company of a charter school can just look at the numbers and say, "Up
0: oh, and walks away." Work. Sure,
4: walk away in the middle of the school year.
0: Yeah, Matt, uh, uh, I have seen that happen in other cases in charter schools as well. Uh, we've only got about two minutes left, but uh, Chastity and Aaron, I want to give you a chance to to respond to that.
1: Uh, it's not the first time. It's not the tenth time this has happened, and it, it does again. Uh, you have a records issue especially when kids go from charter to public schools, where are the records? The school is closed. How do we get them? Did, did they pass English 1? Well, the records are going to be a key problem. Delta Prep had a high, a high school football team. Can those kids just jump on the team at Cody or another school, or are they going to be eligible? And these are kids who are seniors. What's going to happen? It's a nightmare, but it, it, it this is, you know, it's part of what happens with our school choice system. The accountability allows this to happen. It's not the 10th time.
0: Right, right. Uh, uh, we've got a minute left. What What are some of the solutions to this uh, quickly, things that we think could make this a little better?
2: Transportation would be a big one. So if we could have a way, so if the family does move from one neighborhood to another, maybe you could get a bus back to your old school, which might save some things. Mm -hmm. Um, We mentioned, we talked about better, better data systems. I mean, obviously, improving the quality would be a pretty
1: big thing. I yeah. think that is the key one. It's the hardest and the one to, needle the schools, to move. all of the schools If all better. the schools are good or if there's a higher percentage of quality schools, people will stay put. They will make sure their kids get to that school no matter where they live. Okay.
0: All right. You can find Chastity and Aaron's story at uh, Bridge Magazine uh, online. And uh, Chastity and Aaron, thank you both. And on Chalkbeat. And at Chalkbeat, of course. Sorry, Aaron, didn't mean to leave you out there. (laughs) All right. uh, Chastity, Pratt Dossi, Aaron Einhorn, thank you both for being here on Detroit today.
1: Anytime. Thank you.
0: All right. Up next, we're going to talk with an author about how white kids in affluent communities are taught about race. Stay with us on Detroit Today.